and welcome. My name is Doreen Cumberford, and this is Nomadic Diaries, a podcast. Today, we're doing something a little different. This is not one of our normally recorded professional guests being interviewed. Um, today, I am participating in something called the National Podcasting Month. And for the Namo Pomo or Po Pomo Month, we are um, seeking to record one recording at least every day for 30 days. So with that in mind, I am just doing some very short recordings from a content that I have created previously. Sometimes I read from the book, Life in the Camel Lane, other times from other authors and some of our esteemed guests' writings. But today I am going to share with you a piece on uh, death and dying for expats and when you're moving or considering living overseas. So let's just start here. Take a deep breath. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Who said that? Steve Jobs said that, co-founder of Apple. So death and dying as an expat overseas, it's a very large topic that we don't visit very often. Um, the nature of many of us who move overseas, grow our lives overseas, birth children, um, take them through the teenage years and who practice our careers overseas. For many of us, um, death and dying is not at the top of our uh, concern list because we have, um, we're more concerned about living life. And most of us have that in common. So it's important to, I think, to begin to understand the cultural and the bureaucratic differences that are involved in the subject of death and dying. So first of all, um, when I'm talking to people who are um, in the expat or the repat community or the um, are living as digital nomads overseas, I say, you know, you're gonna have a lot of feelings about this and a lot of thoughts about this. But take it easy. Don't try to wrangle your feelings. Don't try to wrangle your thoughts or your actions all at once either. Give yourself the gift of time and space to process what it is that you would prefer and do this mindfully. So first of all, um, it's a good idea to practice respect, kindness, and sensitivity with yourself as you just start to approach the subject. So let's start to approach the subject of death by looking at some of the cultural differences. Number one, there are huge differences in cultures um, and in the way that cultures view death and dying. Um, some of the um, places around the world that I have lived is um, has been very instructive for me in talking about death and dying. Um, when we lived in Japan, for instance, we overlooked um, a temple. And when it was a Buddhist temple, and when there were funerals there, long solemn lines of people all dressed in black would show up with only white flowers, not a color 
would be seen that day. Everything was black and white. And then when we lived in Saudi Arabia, our experience was completely different. If an expat that we knew or someone that we knew had passed away or a, a local Arabic person, their body would be spirited off and buried within a day. And we sometimes, you know, there was no memorial, no practices. So let's look at some of the common beliefs and traditions that are associated with death and dying in the various religions and our in our cultures. Here's just this is just the high the top line, okay? Reincarnation in Hinduism and in other Eastern religions where the soul is reborn into a new body. Um, in other traditions, we believe in heaven and hell. Christianity and Islam teach a belief in an afterlife uh, where righteous people go to heaven. In the spiritual journey, some Native American tribes and indigenous tribes believe that death is a journey to the spirit world where the soul continues onwards. There's yin and yang. In Chinese philosophy, death is seen as part of the natural balance. Death is a transition. It is not a, considered an ending. And in Africa, where they use the principles uh, to honor ancestral spirits, it's believed that the spirits of the ancestors continue to watch over and influence the lives of descendants. So there's a lot of beliefs, including things like um, Memento Mori and Samsara in Buddhism. There's eternal rest in some cultures, such as here where I live, um, where we celebrate the Mexican Day of the Dead traditions. We have a belief in celebrating and remembering the de deceased loved ones, believing that they rest peacefully in the afterlife. Body and soul separations. In some cultures, there's a belief that the death involves the separation of a physical body from the soul or the spirit, and the spirit goes on, of course, to another realm. So, and in, in natural transitions in certain indigenous cultures, death is seen as a natural part of the life cycle. And individuals may be buried in a way that allows them to return at some point. So all of these beliefs shape uh, the practices, the rituals, the attitudes, and our behavior. Um, but of course, there's also our individual beliefs and how we were raised. So we have to also think about the importance uh, of respecting our own cultural beliefs and our practices. And then not only respecting them, but identifying them, communicating with them, providing religious and spiritual support um, in many places, spiritual rituals play a significant role when someone is nearing the end of life. And being culturally competent um, means ensuring that there's support and there's structure available and respected, even when we're in a foreign setting. Of course, we have to consider end of life care preferences. Different cultures have different preferences for end of life care. Some approve and use um, life-sustaining treatments or palliative care or hospice. In other cultures, that's not encouraged at all. 
our funeral and burial practices are very different. And if you are living as an expat in a host country and you are unfamiliar with their funeral and burial practices, I highly recommend that you get to know what 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 happens, what is the process, and how are people's deaths treated, and and how are the how are the bodies treated? Because we were quite shocked to learn that here in Mexico there was twenty four hours after the death within which um, your body would be cremated, and that's even before they can let sometimes some of the our family members know. So. Um, the practices are very, very important to learn. And if you're supporting family and friends overseas, um, their families and friends can also be from diverse cultural backgrounds. So it can be a little bit of a cultural competency nightmare, but it's better to find out in advance. How do people feel? What would you prefer? What is the preference of the dearly departed person? And it may also including understanding the grief and understanding the local bureaucracy and offering assistance with repatriation if you want to get that body home. The ethical considerations um, are also important because it may discuss discussions about do not resuscitate or organ donation or the withdrawal of any life-sustaining treatment. So cultural competence kind of applies to all of this, including your documentation, of course, related. This includes things like knowing the local laws, knowing the regulations regarding death certificates, autopsies, and repatriation. Also, language can be a huge barrier. Um, it's important to ask questions because we don't know what we don't know. When we arrived in Mexico a year and a half ago, um, we were not aware of um, many aspects of the traditions. We knew there was a, a culture of uh, death and dying and obviously celebrating that, but we didn't look into the fact that there was um, when we were buying a house in Mexico, it did not occur to us to ask, you know, what, how do we get a Mexican will? And I have to tell you, today is the day we are going to get a Mexican will. We have to go to a notary's office, a specific notary who specializes in the death of expatriates in this country. And we have to sit in front of them and write out our entire will by hand. I understand that's part of the process because that's part of the culture of Mexico. The bureaucracy functions like that. So we had no idea. So what don't you know? What do you need to learn? What are you unaware of? Have you attended a funeral or a ceremony in this country you're living in for the end of life? Um, and where to start? Um, what is your history? I have a history of having lived in nine countries. My mother died in Scotland, which was home for her. My stepmother died in Portugal while she was on a... Uh, a cruise ship. And um, thankfully, my dad died at home. But um, we have been in situations where we've been ready to get on planes and been told that we had lost a beloved and had to um, quickly exit the, um, the lounge and um, make our way out of the airport, getting our luggage and to 
move on with the death of someone because when that occurs, um, everything else has to stop. So I would ask you to please consider what is your history or your story? What is your spouse's story? What is your family or origin story? And what is your family current makeup and status and your story? And where are you? Are you registered with the embassy? Does the consulate know that you're there? Does anyone in country know that you're there? It's very different dying overseas from it is when it is when you're dying back home in your native culture. What does the local bureaucracy require? Are you familiar with the customs around death? Who's going to certify a death certificate? Is it the doctor, the EMTs, the hospitals? And what are the expectations in that geographic location? Because they can be very different from country to country. Even here in Mexico, um, we uh, purchased um, a funeral plan with the 24-hour association here in San Miguel. And um, they told us that they are in contact with many, many um, places around Mexico because in the other Mexican states, the processes and the bureaucracy and the handing over the bodies is very different. So uh, that's quite possibly the fact where you're living. Um, what are the logistics? Is there a mortuary? What is your plan? And how does it all work? These are hard questions. This is not fun stuff. But I just think it's important to think about it and to listen to it and to go, hmm, so what's my next step? What is your next step to take? You don't have to do all this in one day. It's taken us months to get everything in place. Um, whatever your faith and your religious preferences need to be also considered. So your different faiths require different procedures, perhaps considering your family's faith traditions. How closely do you want to stick to those? Do you want to create a new tradition? If so, have you let other people know what that is and how you want it done? And what conversations have you had with your family? And does your family of origin even come into this picture? So these are just some questions. The bottom line is, give yourself the gift of time and space to consider all these considerations. Step by step, you'll get there. The traditions can be meaningful. And which ones are meaningful to you? Rituals, are rituals meaningful? What is important to you? Write those two things down. That's a place to start. Cultural, if you're a cross-culture kid or a third-culture kid, if you're a nomad, a digital nomad, a repat or an expat, um, what is your family history and anything from the past that you want to visit as you look at the subject? Across the globe, there are traditions and cultures. And they're all very, very different. And it's our responsibility to be aware that our new culture or our adopted culture in our new place um, is we have to reorient ourselves. You know, when we arrive in a culture, we unpack. We unpack our baggage. We unpack our, our thinking, our thoughts, our perceptions, our memories. All of that get, get unpacked at some point. And just in closing, I'd like to say that the life that you have left is a gift. Treasure it. Enjoy it. 
live your expat experience or your overseas experience to the absolute fullest and do what matters now. And that's from Leo Babuata. I would just wish you the best of success with this journey. Thank you for listening. I hope that this information is meaningful and useful. And the one question you need to ask yourself is, how do I create a thoughtful death? And what one thing is mine to do today? So keep it simple. It can be overwhelming. Give yourself time and space to process and create a sense of peace for yourself. May you be well. And this is Doreen signing off from Nomadic Diaries. If this has been useful to you, please like, share, and subscribe. Bye-bye.